Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, February 2nd, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, tomorrow in the Patreon feed, Jan Simpson's latest episode of All the Drama will be coming to you. It is on the Pulitzer Prize winner, The Tea House of the August Moon. So you can hear all about that in the Patreon feed this Saturday, and then it'll be in the regular feed the following week. But if I were you, I would certainly want to make sure that I could get it before anyone else and head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, now, Grace, yesterday we got some additional casting news for not one, but two shows that'll be a part of the Broadway season starting this spring. The biggest one is the rest of the principal cast coming to the Broadway theater with the production of The Great Gatsby that is transferring from the Paper Mill Playhouse. We already knew that Jeremy Jordan and Eva Noblezada would be returning to the roles that they played out in Milburn, New Jersey as Jay Gatsby and Daisy Buchanan. Also joining them from that out-of-town tryout will be Noah Ricketts as Nick Carraway, Samantha Polly as Jordan Baker, Sarah Chase as Myrtle Wilson, John Androsky as Tom Buchanan, and Paul Witte as George Wilson. But there is one person who is joining the cast for the Broadway run, and it is one of my absolute favorite Broadway performers. Anytime you see him in a show you know that you are in really, really good hands. And that is Eric Anderson, who is joining in the role of Meyer Wolfsheim. That role was played by Stanley W. Mathis at Paper Mill. The rest of the cast, including the ensemble, will be announced at a later date. But Grace, this was obviously always going to be the case that the majority of the principals would be coming with it. But I think some of these people were really tremendous when I saw it uh, at Paper Mill. I think Sam Pauly steals the show in a lot of ways, and Noah Ricketts is is also really great. So not dissimilar from what we talked about with Wicked yesterday, and you very astutely mentioned that like all of these people have their own different pockets of fandoms, and sometimes some of those overlap, some of them don't. I think that's probably the case with a lot of folks in this ensemble as well. Yeah, I was noticing even for like Eric Anderson coming from that Moulin Rouge crew, he he mm-hmm. he definitely rolls deep with with everybody there. And I think that uh, it's interesting because I know that they've been having kind of like celebrity cast Ziedlers like in between uh, his his reign there um, at the Hirschfeld uh-huh. Theater. So I'm excited to see him go up the street a little bit. I, again, I still haven't seen this show and I can't wait to see it because it's a really powerful cast. I love Jeremy. I love Eva. I love this story. So I'm really eager to see what they have done. Um, and then what new spins that they're creating with the story I'm hopeful for, right? Because um, I've heard so many different things. And the fact that most of, I mean, the cast is still pretty stacked is like the best thing that they mm-hmm. could hear for Broadway, especially. All right. Going from the Broadway theater Over to the Samuel J. Friedman Theater. Yesterday, we got additional casting for the Broadway premiere of Amy Herzog's Mary Jane. We already knew that Rachel McAdams would be playing the title role, and Kaufman is directing. Yesterday, the rest of the cast was announced. That will include April Mathis, who is currently getting ready to star in the apiary off-Broadway. She'll be joined by Susan Porfar, Lily Santiago, and Brenda Wheel. I know very, very little about this show, Grace, other than when it was off Broadway, it was like the thing everybody's talking about. But I want you to put this in perspective to me. Like, is Rachel McAdams an A-lister, a B-lister? Like, where does she fall in terms of like the fandoms of 
a younger generation of pop culture and theater going crowds than mine. Is she just Regina George and that's all people know her from? Or does like, does she built up a bigger fandom than that over the past two decades since Mean Girls? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I think that Rachel McAdams, who I think should have been shortlisted for the Oscar this year for Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that she has actually like a ton of girlies from the notebook that have stayed on and become right. either wed or mothers or just women in the world that fell in love with her when they were younger and now are like, oh my God, this accomplished actor from Spotlight and all of these other amazing films. She's just so good um, and charming. And I think that she holds a lot more weight than a lot of other actors that you might go, I I'm not really sure. Like, I think that this is actually somebody that, that is going to garner a lot of exciting attention because she, she was in that kind of like bubblegum era of films, but she was, yeah. she was the breakout star of all of them and on serious films now even. So I don't know. I think that she does have a lot of clout following her. I am one of those people. Every time somebody names an actress for something, I go, how is Rachel McAdams not the first person you call? You know, um, but <laughs> who knows? Uh, but she's just so glorious. Uh, even um, About Time, her performance in About Time, I think about all the time. Was that Domin Hall Gleason? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, where he's time traveling and always trying to meet her and she's a romantic interest. She's just so good at kind of developing that kind of rom-com nature. Honestly, I think that she's our generation's Meg Ryan. Like, People oh. put her in this like really sweet little bucket of, you know, rom-com, romantic interest, et cetera. But I'm like also at the core of her, she's a comedian. She is a dramatic actress. She has nuance. Her reactions are incredible. The way that she like interprets dialogue and is a scene partner. The reason that people watch The Family Stone is because of her every single holiday season. They love Sarah Jessica Parker, but she is the emotional heart of that film. She really is one of the best and I can't wait to see her on stage. I better fucking be there. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to play to her like dramatic strengths by any stretch of the imagination. But the the movie that I really became a huge Rachel McAdams fan on was Wedding Crashers. Uh, oh, I was going to say White Chicks or something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, was she in White Chicks too? Um, I've never seen that one, but yeah, Wedding Crashers, uh, yeah, which is coming up on its 20th anniversary too. Jeez. But yeah, big fan of her, uh, in that as well. All right, Grace, let's take a moment real quick to talk about our sponsor for this week, BetterHelp. Throughout this week, we've been really focusing on how important relationships are to our mental health and how we see ourselves and the world. And it's important to remember that nothing comes to us without putting in the work. So if a relationship is very important to you, whether it is romantic, familial, professional, or just a friend relationship, you have to put in the work and make sure that when things hit rough spots, that you are addressing it properly. And sometimes you can do that one-on-one, -on -one, but oftentimes you kind of have to have somebody else to bounce ideas off of and work things 
things through. That is where therapy comes in and where BetterHelp is one of the best options for you to be able to have those types of conversations and to get the insight that you might not be able to give yourself. Therapy can be a place to work through whatever challenges you face in whatever relationships are at the front of mind for you at any specific time. And because of the convenience and ease that BetterHelp provides, there really are no better options to do that, Grace. Yeah, I think that we often get like super duper stuck, especially if you are someone who lives in a major city or comes from a smaller town where therapy is not always accessible. This to me is the perfect way to get started, especially as we're reevaluating what really matters most to us in this world. We've started the year. We've kind of gotten back into our old habits. I don't want to fall back into the habit of not caring for my brain. It's something that's super duper important. And a lot of my friends have also been struggling with a similar thing. And the first thing I recommend to them is better help. So become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not, by visiting betterhelp.com slash Broadway today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Broadway. All right, Grace, on Wednesday, the Roundabout Theater Company made it official and they changed over the signage from the American Airlines Theater to the Todd Hames Theater. Of course, Todd Hames was the longtime artistic director of Roundabout who passed away last year. He really helmed Roundabout, taking it from 150-seat off-Broadway company to one of the biggest not-for-profit theaters in the country. The change officially happened on January 31st, and it comes just as the revival of Doubt will begin performances tonight. So you can see the new marquee is up. It's very, it's very nice. And whether you know who Todd Hames is or not, I, that doesn't really matter. Just to me, Grace, I just kind of like having a theater named after a theater creative or a theater person rather than a massive multi-billion dollar company. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? Matt, what are you saying? I mean, look, in sports, we see this all the time. So many stadiums and arenas are, you know, they sell their naming rights. And I understand why they do that. They have to make money. They, you know, it's a better way to make money than driving up ticket prices and forcing that onto the customers, although they do that too. But for me, like walking down, I don't want to see like the American Airlines Theater, the Uber Theater, the 7-Eleven Theater. Like, I don't want to see that stuff. Like, I want, I, I like the the tradition of Broadway theaters being named after people who contributed something to the art form. Is that weird? Am I wrong in that in that respect, Grace? You are not wrong for liking seeing human names. I will say the biggest reason, no, because you know I'm going to be that person. Uh -huh. The big reason that we have those things is because when that name goes up there, that means that that entity has contributed a significant amount of funds towards the arts. And that's important right. to know that some of these businesses care so deeply to help us run our nonprofit theater companies, to help us run the, the fine arts uh, programs across the United States and on Broadway. So as much as sometimes you might not want to see blank, the snack that smiles back goldfish theater, like I think it's, there's merit to it because if we don't have the contribution of these major brands, where are we? But I hear you, Matt. I hear you and I see you. Yay, Todd. <laughs> yes, yay, Todd. It, but it's it, it's not other than the American Airlines Theater. There's none of that 
on Broadway, is there like, I mean, obviously it happens quite a bit and not, not for profit company or companies around the city and around the country and lots of theaters, you know, the Coca-Cola stage at whatever at the Alliance theater. I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but like none, none of the other Broadway theaters are named after, you know, have, have sold their naming rights. So it's not like there's a bunch of that happening across the street. No, but I will tell you, because we are talking about how incredible and exciting it is that the Tom Hames uh, Theater is now up and everyone can see it. Last night, I said out loud, and you're not going to be shocked at all by this information. I said, and when do we get the Joe Mantello? And when do we get the Mantello Theater? Because uh, honestly, oh, he's done a lot. He's done a lot and he's still going to do a lot. And mainly this is because I was watching the first two episodes of the Swan TV show about Truman Capote and the Swans. And he was on it. Thank God you told me that. So on the show. So there it is. Very good. All right. The Joe Mantello theater. Should that, should they rename the Gershwin after him? That's low key messed up, but I think that you're right. I mean, no offense to George and Ira, but I mean, come on now. Wicked's a big deal. They're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And they're dead. Um, anyway. Okay. So <laughs> another thing that I think is very cool, and we've really been given this production a lot of credit here recently, Grace, despite the fact that like it really was not one that got a lot of uh, public praise when it opened, at least from the critical uh, and theater intelligentsia crowds. But A Beautiful Noise has announced that it will be holding open call auditions for the Neil Diamond then role for touring and international productions to come. Not only will they be holding open calls, they'll be doing it at the bitter end, which is not only where Neil Diamond got his start, it is also a very important venue in the show itself. Uh, When I spoke with Nick Fradiani about the show, we talked about the bitter end and him performing there as well. So this is very cool. They'll be happening on Tuesday, February 13th. Um, We'll have more information on that in the show notes. But again, they do this as much to have an open call as they do it for people like us to talk about it, for it to get a little bit of cred on social media for the marketing push. And I just think it's it's really smart. It's a cool thing to happen, but it's also a really smart marketing play as well. Listen, how many times do we hear kind of like horror stories of audition scenarios and casting notices like this is a nice one we should we got to celebrate that more often when we get to have the ingenuity and 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 get to do because outside of you know a very sterile room like i think this is actually really nice and you get a better sense of kind of being in the world because the veteran does appear in the show um so i think that's kind of cool also something that is very cool in a story that i'm very happy to talk about is My friend Mauricio Martinez has a new album coming out, depending on when you were listening to this, at midnight, the midnight between Thursday and Friday. His new album that was recorded at 54 Below, Mauricio Martinez, 5'11", based in New York, will be available on streaming platforms. The music video for The Impossible Dream is, uh, is available now. We'll have links to all this in the show notes. I saw Mal play Don Quixote at the Oslo Rep. So I heard him sing The Impossible Dream. He also does it on the album. Did it at 54 Below. He will also be having an album launch party on Sunday at 54 Below. So you can purchase tickets to see him there as well. Of course, our our buddy Robbie Rizal is the director and the producer for the album. So it's a great album. I may or may not have heard of some of the tracks ahead of time. So uh, definitely check that out. It is a great listen. And if you have nothing 
else going on on Sunday, this would be a very, very good thing to do since there's no football. Um, and there's the Pro Bowl, but that doesn't count. So clearly you're going to be looking for something to do. So uh, head over to 54 on Sunday night. This is my quest to follow that star. No matter how hopeless, no matter how far to fight for the right without question or pause. To be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause And I know if I'll only be true To this glorious quest <laughs> That my heart will lie peaceful and calm When I'm laid to my rest Oh, Grace, I meant, to I meant to mention this. You have something going on this weekend. Oh, shoot, I do. I am opening up a gallery of my artwork in Brooklyn. If you like venturing to Brooklyn and you would like possibly free wine and or water and or to look at things that hang on a wall, I will be there. Um, the gallery is up all month, but thank you for mentioning that, Matt. I, I had forgotten but when, when when are you when are you going to be there? Like when's the opening party? I'm gonna be what, there what Friday. Day, what night? Okay, so tonight, so Friday from what time? Six to eight, and I'll have a DJ. It'll be super fun. Nice little mm -mm 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 yeah. Well, no, it's gonna be sad girl music, but it, it'll oh, okay. be great. It'll be great. You can sad still girl move music. to it. Just the move might be crying. <laughs> Very fair. The Queen's Gambit composer Mitski will be played. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah. She's writing a musical. Yeah, Very there cool. There you go. All right. And finally, Grace, in our feel good recommendations, the Kennedy Center's Broadway Center stage program has released some highlights about three ish minutes, two and a half to three minutes of Jonathan Larson's Tick, Tick, Boom, which is currently running through Sunday, directed by Neil Patrick Harris. The show stars Tony Award winner Brandon Uranowitz, Danae Benton, and Gray Henson, with some really great. Broadway alums in the ensemble as well. Uh, Kennedy Coughlin, Kelvin Moon Lowe, Yaya Reich, and Nikhil Sabu. Lots of familiar faces you will notice in there, but um, it's very cool. I got to tell you, I love Tick, Tick, Boom, and I love Brandon Uranowitz. The video they put out here, I it didn't make him sound as good as I expected him to, so I'm hoping it was just kind of like a, a weird song where it sat in his vocals because I've heard nothing but great things about this production, the, the the first highlight that they throw in there, I was a little like, hmm, that was a choice that they included that. Not what I would have gone with, but uh, the rest of it's fantastic, including his stuff. But uh, I did raise a little bit of an eyebrow on that one. In this house, we support Brandon Uranowitz and I Brandon know, Uranowitz, how amazing he is. So we've decided that it's very good and I will not watch the video. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad. It just felt like it didn't it didn't feel like it sat right in his in his range for whatever reason. But anyway, I will leave that here because I, I agree. We do not need any Brandon Uranowitz slander ha happening in this world. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me on Instagram at BWW Matt Grace. Where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. We'll be back to talk to you on Monday. No matter how far. For the right 
without question or pause to be willing to march into hell for our heavenly cause and I know if I'll only be true to this glorious quest that my heart will life peaceful and of courage.